0: message. So, All right. so I'm gonna, I want to talk about hope for the holidays. Hope for the holidays. And I'm going to focus on one scripture in particular from Hebrews chapter 6 uh, at verse 19. I've got a bunch of other scriptures, but I want to focus on this one. And Hebrews 6, 19 simply says that we have this hope as an anchor. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. So I'm going to talk about that and hope for the holidays. So before I start, let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you so much for this time that we have together as a church, as a, as a family. And Lord, we just pray for the power and presence of your Holy Spirit. We know that you're here and we feel your presence. Help me, Lord, to do a really good job of teaching what you've laid on my heart. Help all of us to do a good job listening and learning so that we can leave here changed and more in love with you and more like you. We love you and praise you and thank you for all these things. In Jesus' your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I love uh, December, the month of December, because when I was a kid, I loved Christmas like all kids do. But also, my birthday's in December, so as a kid, you're getting double the the uh, um, the presents, and uh, and you're making sure that people are not. Um, a- Putting your birthday into Christmas—you got you to separate them out as, as a kid. But I loved—I love December, the month of December, and I like being outside and in December. I don't—I don't mind the snow. And Christmas, when you think about Christmas and the holiday season, you think about—you get excited about family, family, and getting together, seeing people. Um, going, whether it's to a mall or or downtown Holland, and all the decorations. I mean, you know, downtown, I think they have heated sidewalks, and I mean, they really play it up um, during the holidays. Um, You have the Christmas songs. You have, can you show, Helena, can you show a couple of those those, uh, graphics uh, from uh, the holidays? You have uh, um, pictures like this, if you can see that, like postcard-type pictures with the snow, people uh, riding sleighs. Um, animals coming out, it's peaceful, fireplaces. I mean, that's kind of the, the idea you get at Christmas. And if you, you hear, um, uh, turn on the radio, you'll hear different songs. And this is one, um, uh, most of you are going to know this one. I got the lyrics here. I do not sing, so I will not sing this. Uh, I actually heard this one yesterday, so I got this, this idea. But it's uh, the most wonderful time of the year. Andy Williams. Uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year. With the kids jingle-belling and everyone telling you, be of good cheer, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the hap-happiest season of all. With those holiday greetings and the happy meetings when friends come to call, it's the hap-happiest season of all. There will be parties for hosting, marshmallows for roasting, and caroling out in the snow. There will be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And on and on and on. And that's the picture that, that we get, that we have in, in present-day contemporary America of what Christmas is, is all about. And, and that there's some truth to all of that. But, you know, for many, many people, Christmas or the holidays, whether it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, it's, it's not the easiest time in the world to, to, to be going through. Especially if recently you may have lost a loved one. Or there's other things going on in, in your life. Two Sundays ago, I was walking through church. I um, just got in there, it was around 8 in the morning. And I ran into um, a woman named Nancy, and I knew her husband Scott really well. He was on staff for a while at Res Life in the video department, and uh, just a, a really good guy. He was a um, really um, avid uh, weightlifter, really like full of muscles, and, and would um, uh, take you know pastors and other people out to weightlifting if they wanted to kind of get into that and get into shape. And uh, he was a nurse. He worked with veterans, but uh, a couple years ago he had um, tumors on, his, on the back of his head and, his, and had brain cancer. And he fought that valiantly for, for many, many months. And last year at this time, I remember um, seeing him and he would sit with Um, A friend of his from Streetlight Ministries Which is a ministry in downtown Grand Rapids And they would collect Like we have the shoebox um, collection here for Powerhouse They would collect coats and socks and toiletries For men and women that lived on the street And that was just the kind of guy that Scott was He would do things like that Even though he was very sick He was very thin and frail He could hardly see And he did that through the holiday season And then he passed away a few weeks later so I, I saw his wife, Nancy, two Sundays ago, and I just walked up to her. I hadn't seen her in a while. And I said, you know, how are things going? How's your family doing? And she seemed appreciative that I asked her, but I could tell it was really, really difficult. And I said, how? And I just, I didn't want to hold back. I just said, you know, at this time of year, this must be really, really hard because you're not celebrating the holidays with Scott again. And, and she you know, kind of confided in me and said some things about what her and her, her family is going through. It is not an easy time for a lot of people. And sometimes we forget about that. Some of us are going through it. Some of us aren't. But this is a church, as, as Pastor Jesse has been preaching, this is a church that, that, that loves God because God loves people. And, and so when we love God and we are infused with the Spirit, we, we have the Spirit with, um, within us, then we're going to love people also and love this community. And some of us, some of you are going through things right now that make this time of the year not exactly what those pictures or what that song is are saying, because maybe you've lost a loved one. It could have been a spouse. Maybe you've gone through a divorce recently or within this, this year, and you're celebrating the holidays in a way that you haven't before, and you don't know where the kids are going to be, and you have to divide up the kids. Some of you have lost lost jobs. And your finances are really, really stretched. And this is the time when people are spending a lot of money because of gifts. That puts you in a really difficult, sometimes painful situation. I mean, whatever it may be, you know, that's what I felt like God was laying on my heart. This is an amazing time of year, but it's also a challenging, difficult, sometimes painful time of year for many, many people. And it's so important for us to, to understand that. But what I want you to understand is if you're in the midst of that, right now, that there is hope. There's, there's hope for the holidays. There's hope for this time of year, and that hope is found in Jesus Christ, in the very meaning of Christmas, the reason why we celebrate Christmas, the, the real meaning. And so I want to talk about that a little bit, and um, a couple of things I want to um, make sure I, I point out. First thing to remember is that Christmas is all about the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When we're in kids' ministry, we hit that really, really hard because kids get wrapped up, as adults do, in the gift-giving, the presents, the going to the mall, all that kind of stuff. And we want to make sure everybody, adult or kids, no matter who it is, know the true meaning of Christmas. It's all about the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But what's important to think about If if you've read the Bible at all, some of you have, some of you may may not have, or you're just starting to read the Bible, when you start reading about the Christmas story and know a little bit about the history, you realize that the the environment, the atmosphere, the world in which Jesus was born into 2,000 years ago was nothing like those postcards or the song lyrics that I read or what we in present-day America, how we celebrate Christmas. It was not at all like that. Jesus if If you um remember was born to uh, Mary and Joseph, and they were not married. Mary became pregnant, they lived in a small town in Nazareth, and they were ostracized. Mary was almost on the verge of getting stoned because the the Jewish law said that if you if you did that before you were married, if you got pregnant, then you were to be stoned and so Joseph had to make a decision it wasn't until angels talked spoke to both of them and said said this is crazy, but this is of the Holy Spirit. This is of God. But people in the village, they're not going to understand that or think that. And then Mary and Joseph had to leave. The Romans forced all of the Jewish people in, in, uh, in that area of, of Palestine at that time to go back to their, their ancestral homeland to be counted so they could be taxed. So this couple, who uh, and Mary was very pregnant, had to get on uh, uh, you know, an animal and walk a long, long way to go to another small town to give birth. And giving birth at that time 2,000 years ago was a dangerous endeavor for the baby and for the the mother. And they had to do it in in a stable with animals. And then in the world into which he was born, you had a lot of danger from Roman soldiers. You had enemies all around you. I mean, in some ways, it was not that much different from what the present Middle East is like today when you have people like ISIS running around and you have different groups and terrorist groups that are trying to kill and, and, uh, and hurt people and terrorize. And you had a king in Herod who knew that some, some newborn had just come into this world and was going to be a king and he did not like that and he sent soldiers to go kill all these baby boys in that area. And so Mary and Joseph then had to run and flee and they became refugees. They had to leave their homes and, and, uh, and leave Israel, and they had to go to Egypt and live there. I mean, all throughout that story, you see that Jesus was born into a world that was dangerous, that was difficult. Death was, was always present. Uh, there was poverty. There was, there was sickness, disease. I mean, that's what he was born into. It, it wasn't at all what we think of when we think of Christmas, when we're celebrating Christmas, It was a very tumultuous, difficult time. And that's important to know because that's the true meaning of Christmas is that Jesus, the son of God, left heaven and he was born as a baby and walked among us. That's where we get the word Emmanuel. In Christmas, you hear that word, God is with us. He is with us. He walked with us. And that's, that's, that's important to know. The second thing is that that verse that I read from Hebrews chapter 6 about the anchor, if you can put that up again, Helena, Hebrews chapter 6 verse 19, the reason why the author of the letter of Hebrews, he was writing to um, uh, Jewish people that had converted that had become Christians, but they were suffering a lot of persecution from their own families and from Roman society around them. And so some of these Jewish Christians still had family who said, we don't want you in the family anymore because you believe in this Jesus now. And they would, they would kick them out. They would ostracize them. Some, of them. some of them had kids that maybe didn't believe at all. Some of them had to face persecution from the Roman society around them. Some of them were, were on the run. Some of them would be imprisoned. Some would even be killed. And it was to those people living in the midst of all of that difficulty, all those issues that they were dealing with that the author of Hebrews wrote, Hebrews 6, verse 19. And he said, it is this hope, it's a hope that we have, that you have, that I have, for our souls. It's like an anchor and it's firm and secure. No matter what's going on in your life, brothers and sisters in Christ, that that no matter what happens, we have hope that can hold us down like an anchor in the midst of the storm. Um, some, somebody up here said it, and, it, and, it's, um, and it's, uh, you know, it's so true. It's, um, I think it was Jesse that said it, that, that what, the, what the Bible is talking about 2,000 years ago, he's talking about today to us. And what those brothers and sisters in Christ were going through is what a lot of us go through today. It may not be the same kind of persecution or death may not be on our doorstep, but maybe it is. Some of you are struggling maybe with, with a, a report of cancer, or you have a family member that is, or, or you're struggling with fear or loneliness or brokenheartedness, just like our brothers and sisters did back then. And so what, what we are being told is that we have hope in the midst of all of that, just just like an anchor. There's a, can you put the photo up, Helena, of a, uh, an anchor? This is a picture of an ancient. Roman anchor. It, it, um, when I did some research on this, it looks remarkably like a, uh, an anchor today, um, and it's at a museum in the in the Middle East. And um, you got that up there? Yeah, if you can see it. So um, huge, huge ship. So it's about two thousand years old, and um, and so like you know an anchor, you're throwing that overboard for a ship so that it doesn't go on the rocks, it doesn't sink, even though there may be storms all around. It could be torrential downpours, lightning, thunder, it could be a hurricane, the seas are rough, but no matter what's going on on the outside or or above on the surface of the water, down below, there's an anchor that's holding that ship and all the people on the ship firm and secure and safe. They know that they're not going to land on the rocks because of that anchor. And so, the, so what we're being told is what our brothers and sisters a long time ago were being told. You also, in the midst of whatever storm you're in, whatever thing is going on in your life that's unsettling or difficult, it may not just go away, but deep down in your soul, there is hope for you that's like an anchor in the midst of it. That's the hope that a lot of you have during these holidays if they're not all they're cracked up to be, if you're going through something now. That's the hope that we have. And so what I wanted you to remember is those two things, just Jesus is, was born into a world that was a lot more like what some of you are going through um, with difficulties and challenges than what the present-day Christmas-type uh, atmosphere is. And secondly, our brothers and sisters in Christ went through the same things also. So let's talk a little bit about that, that hope. Is how do we know that, um, that these things are, are sure, the promises of God? Let me, actually, let me give you some promises here. Uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. The Bible says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, and I am, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Another promise from the Bible, John chapter 16, verse 33. I have told you all these things, this is Jesus speaking, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble but take heart, I have overcome the world. Psalm 147, verse 3. God, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He binds up your wounds. If that's you, he can bind up and heal your wounds. Psalm 34, 18. The Bible says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. It's we can have hope. We can have hope in the promises of God, and that's what enables us to get through some of these storms in our life. There's a, there's a pastor at Res Life in Granville who um, lost his wife in February uh, of um, last year, or of this this year, 2017. So about. 12 10 months ago and I was talking to um to him about this message and asking him is it really difficult right now having celebrating Thanksgiving now You got Christmas coming up and um I told him that I was speaking here and, I, and what my topic was and he said you know he said there are times when I really really miss uh Cece my wife they've been married 58 years and, uh, and she had just died, and he said, there's, there's loneliness. There's times when I would, he said, when I'd walk into, the, uh, walk into the house, and it would just be like a dead silence, just unsettling. And sometimes her name would come up, and we'd talk about different things that we had done with the, with the family, and, and I wouldn't miss her. But he said, you know what? He said, I have so much hope in what Christ did for me and the fact that I know that I'm going to be going to heaven and that she's already there. That even though this can be kind of difficult, it's not as difficult as I thought it would be because of the hope that I have. And I wasn't exactly going into some of these notes, and I didn't bring up the the verse from Hebrews, but he, he was saying the same kinds of things. It says, I so believe, firmly believe and understand the promises of God for me here now as a child of God and what awaits me, that that gives me the strength to move on and to actually be excited about the future even even excited about the, the, the day when I'm gonna pass and go to heaven and then we're gonna be reunited. I mean, that's the kind of faith that, that all of us need. That's the hope that we can have for these holidays, especially if they're difficult for some of you. So how do you, how do you know? How can you take that to the bank? The Bible is all about promises, but how do you know that these promises are for sure, that God's gonna back these up? Three things. I'm gonna finish up with, with these three things. You know that God that God is faithful in his promises because he loves you so much. And you know this love. It can be seen in three ways. First way, God's love for you can be seen in the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. It's the Christmas story. Secondly, his love can be seen for you and me and the fact that Jesus died on the cross for us. And then third, his love can be seen uh, can be seen in the fact that he goes before us to prepare a place that we will go also and to be with him. So first first thing, the love of God for you and I as children of God is the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, at verse 8, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it's a gift from God, not by works so that nobody can boast. What that's saying is that there's no way that you can work hard enough to be loved by God or to be accept, accepted by God. But that's not how it works. What the Bible says, it's by grace. It's a free gift. God loves you so much. Right where you're at right now, even if you came in here and you, have, you had no faith, maybe you're even an, an atheist, God says, I love you so much. I love you so much. And you don't have to, to work hard to come to me. It's like um, at Christmas. If you think about it, at Christmas, you may have gifts for your kids or your grandkids. Um, before you give that nicely wrapped package to your kids, are you going to say, you know what, I'm going to give you this package in just a second. But before I do, I want you to, to do the dishes. I want you to mop the floor and then shovel the driveway before everyone gets here. And then, then I'll give you the gift. You got you to earn You got to work for it. Is that what We do. For birthdays or Christmas? No, that's not at all what we do. We give the gift to our loved ones because we love them, because we want to see the joy in their hearts and the joy on their face. That's biblical. That's what God does for us. I love you so much. You cannot work hard enough to earn my love. I love you anyways. Just come to me by faith in in what my son Jesus did on the cross, and then you'll have that relationship with me. And so we, we know that that that's a way of God showing his love for us. It's, it's giving us his son, Jesus Christ. It's the birth of Jesus. It's the Christmas story. Secondly, is the love of God can be seen in the sacrificial death of Jesus on the cross. John chapter three at verse 16, very well-known verse. The Bible tells us that God so loved us that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, to, for us, to die on the cross for us, that whoever believes in him will not perish, will not have to be punished but we'll have everlasting life eternal life. And then another verse from 1 Peter chapter 3 at verse 18. It says for Christ suffered once for sins the righteous for the unrighteous. Jesus was righteous, sinless, but we were not. We were unrighteous, sinful. So he died for us the righteous for the unrighteous to bring us to God. And that's the gospel message. We cannot earn it, right, by grace. But Jesus died for us. When we should have been punished for our sins, our sins were put upon him. And the Bible says that by his stripes, we are healed and we are set free. We have freedom in Christ because of that. And then thirdly, the love of Christ for you as a child of God can be seen in the fact that God has gone, that Jesus has gone before us and is preparing a place for us in heaven. John chapter 14 Verses one to three say this. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, Jesus said. My Father's house has many rooms, if it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place that I am going. He goes before us. He goes before us. So the love of God to us as children of God infused with the spirit of God are the hope that we have the hope of the promises of God and the fact that God is faithful and will back it up he showed us he was faithful in giving us his son he showed us he was faithful in the death of his son and he shows us he is faithful because we have a place to go to be with him forever that's he's already there preparing it's the love of God that's the gift us, the gift to us and that brings us hope for the holidays hope in the midst of everything hope that can serve as an anchor an anchor for our souls no matter what's going on in our lives and that anchor that hope those promises they're firm and they're secure God's promises are firm and they're secure so let me ask you a, a question let me ask you a couple of questions first question is this do you know that hope do you know that hope? Or would you say, really, honestly, I'm kind of hopeless. I, I don't know this, this Jesus that you're talking about. I don't know that he loves me. I never heard that before, maybe. Maybe I, I don't ever go to church or I'm coming from a different background and I haven't heard that I don't have to work or earn his love. Maybe that's you. Maybe you, you just, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your best friend. Or maybe you did, but for some reason, you don't anymore. You're not serving him anymore. Things happen, and, and over the years, you just you walked away from God, but the Holy Spirit's brought you back here for a reason, and we think to hear this message and, 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 to, and to be here in the, in the anointing, if that's you, if, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or you did, but you want to come back this morning, we would love to pray with you. And the Bible tells us that today is the day of salvation today there's there's you know you can you can ask jesus into your heart to be your lord and savior anytime, time but today's a great day it's it's almost christmas and and christmas should be about families it should be about reconciliation it should be about the love of christ shut abroad in all of our hearts but maybe it's not but it can start today you can take that first step in 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 moving toward God in a relationship with him. So if that's you, we'd love to pray with you right now. Just slip your hands up in the air um, all around this place, and then we're going to pray with you. I'm not going to ask anybody to stand up. I just want to see if there's any hands. If that's you, just raise your hand up in the air where I can see it. here and you felt uncomfortable in doing that, I'm going to be here through the next service and I would love to, to pray with you. I kind of know where you're at. I didn't grow up in church. Uh, I grew up very, very secular, almost anti-Christian. And uh, and um, and so I kind of know where uh, being uncomfortable and coming to church, especially if it's the first time is, but I would love to, to pray with you or talk to you or answer any questions afterwards. Um, second question I want to ask is, is are there some of you here that you, you're really going through the ringer right now. And maybe it's not just the last few weeks. It's like 2017 was, was pretty awful for me. We would love to pray with you. Just right at your seat. And I felt like God was telling me to share this, and it could have been just for one person alone. But you may be going through something, and, and we just want to acknowledge that and pray with you, knowing that God is going to bless you and that you're going to have a great few weeks. And it may not take care of some of the circumstances, but deep down you're going to know the hope that he has for you. Is there anybody here right now that, that we could pray with that would say, that's me. I'm, I'm really going through some things. Thank you. In the back. Anybody else? Back over here. Is there anybody else? You just say we'd love to, to all of you that raised your hands, if you could keep your hands raised up. There were three people in the back. I'm going to pray. But if there are people around them, if you could kind of look around, if you could gather around them and just put your hands on them. Um, The Bible says that when we want to pray for somebody or bring healing or comfort, we lay hands on on them. It's just a way of of saying that we care about you and and God cares about you. And then everybody else, let's let's just pray. All right. Let's just pray for these three people. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just come together as a a church family and we just thank you for the hope and the promises that you give us, that you love every single one of us. And, and, and these, these awesome children of God that raise their hands, we pray for your blessing to be upon them, that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit, that whatever it is that's heavy on their hearts, whatever it is that they are, they are, they've been praying about or, or struggling with, we pray for victory and freedom in their lives now in Jesus' name. We pray that your Holy Spirit will touch them, will reveal yourself to them, Lord, that, that you will show them and give them the desires of their heart and the things that they've been praying about. And Lord, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for those that may, didn't, maybe didn't raise their hands but are going through some difficult things. We pray that you would bless every single one of them as well, that they would know the love of you, Father God. They would know the joy that they can, they can have being a child of yours and filled with your Holy Spirit. And we just thank you for all of these things. In Jesus' your name we pray. Amen.